Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers. Hey, it's Hal Elrod, and I've got a couple of quick announcements before we dive into today's uh, podcast episode. And uh, they're book-related. I've got a couple of books coming out here in the next couple of months. And uh, the first one is the next book in the Miracle Morning book series. This is one of the most requested titles that we've had from people asking, you know, uh, how do I get my spouse through the Miracle Morning or my boyfriend or my girlfriend? You know, a lot of times people will discover the Miracle Morning book, right? You may fall into this category. Uh, you read it, you apply it, it's changing your life, and you're trying to articulate to your significant other, like, why it's changing your life or why they should do it, and they they won't hear anything of it, right? They're like, no, no, no. you do your thing. I'm going to keep sleeping, right? So good friends of mine, Lance and Brandy Salazar, were on the verge of divorce uh, a few years back, and the Miracle Morning really saved their marriage. And uh, without me going into a lot of detail on that, you'll actually hear from them uh, on Valentine's Day. The new book, The Miracle Morning for Couples, comes out, but also I'm launching a special podcast on Valentine's Day, an interview, a conversation with Lance and Brandy on uh, you know what this book is all about and, and why we wrote it together and, and what the big key takeaways are from the book. The book, again, is called The Miracle Morning for Couples, Create Legendary Connection One Morning at a time. And if you're a fan of the Miracle Morning, uh, if you practice the Miracle Morning, and if you are in a relationship, a marriage, you know, uh, whatever relationship, this book, uh, I really believe will add a ton of value for you and your significant other. So that's coming out Valentine's Day. So just be on the lookout for that. That's the day it'll be released on Amazon and all platforms on Amazon. So that'll be Amazon, you know, paperback, it'll be audiobook on Audible, it'll be Kindle, or whatever your preferred platform is. And then Second, uh, my next book, and this is actually, this is my first ever traditionally published book. I've, I've been a self-published author for you know, 10 years, maybe longer, but uh, my newest book is called The Miracle Equation. This comes out on April 16th, 2019, this year, and you can get a sneak peek right now. Go to themiracleequation.com, themiracleequation.com. You can download a sneak peek, a free preview and this book's a long time coming. For 19 years, I've used this thing that I call the Miracle Equation long before the Miracle Morning was even an idea. It's kind of coincidence that I guess Miracle is in my mind that I called them both, you know, along the lines of the Miracle something. But this is the, the formula that I used and that I studied other successful people that I found that this is the two decisions that every top performer in all walks of life have made to take their biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable and to really be able to create results beyond what they ever thought was possible. And if you are a fan of the Miracle Morning or practitioner, this book is really designed to be the perfect complement to the Miracle Morning. While the Miracle Morning gives you a plan for personal development, Miracle Equation gives you your proven step-by-step formula for goal achievement. And uh, again, don't take my word for it or take my word for it, but you can go download a free preview and check it out at themiracleequation.com. So 
Be on the lookout. Uh, the Miracle Morning for Couples comes out on Valentine's Day, 2019, and a special podcast episode will show up in your inbox that day as well. And then a couple months later, The Miracle Equation, the two decisions that move your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable, comes out April 16th, but you can get a free preview right now at themiracleequation.com. Goal Achievers, I love you, I appreciate you, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Goal Achievers, I am excited for this one. In fact, I honestly, I cannot tell you the last time I was this excited to interview a guest on my podcast. And when I talk about my guests, after 21 years of working with elite athletes, performers, and leaders, it is the one and only Mr. Todd Herman who is going to break down today how to tap into your alter ego and achieve the seemingly impossible. And if you don't know Todd, um, his programs, his professional programs are delivered to over 200,000 professionals annually in 73 countries. Todd's been featured on Sky Business News, The Today Show, Today Show Australia, New York Times, CBS Radio, Huffington Post, Business Insider, and the Boston Herald has called him a training superstar. And in his new book, which is what I'm really pumped about, it's The Alter Ego Effect, The Power of Secret Identities to Transform Your Life. And Todd shares his own story. He knew that inside was a confident, self-assured, intelligent person who could help others get better results in their lives and in their businesses when he started using Superman's classic trick, putting on a pair of glasses, he learned to trigger the specific traits that he needed to achieve his goals. And uh, I'm just, I'm bringing him on. Todd, you hear my friend? Mr. Alrod, the most excited man on the planet. How are you, buddy? Dude, I'm doing well. So you and I were just chatting, but I, I, I'm sa- I was saving this for right now, yeah. which is about a month or maybe it's been two months ago or maybe even three, I don't know, a few months ago. Within the last few months, I had an alter ego breakthrough before I knew that you had written this book. Really? Yeah. And so I I was literally looking in the mirror one night and I just had a hardcore conversation with myself. You know, like I I personally, I've always kind of felt like an imposter and struggled with imposter syndrome, like I think most of us do, right? But I've also achieved at a pretty high level. I've achieved a lot, but I've always felt like, uh, you know, the whole Marianne Williamson quote, right? who am I to be special or right? Yeah. I always struggle with that. I'm like, why, why am I successful or why do I deserve, you know, why me? Why am I not just as unsuccessful as anybody else? You know? And, and so I've had trouble kind of owning that. And, and so I was looking in the mirror a couple months ago and I just went, dude, you're a badass. And uh, it was kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and then I like, it was, it was this version of, it was my alter ego. And I literally yeah. named it that. And it was this version of me. And I just had, the, I had a conversation with this other part of me who's achieved all these great results. And I had these two, you know, I separated us, right? Yeah. And so anyway, so when I saw your book, you know, I don't even remember when I got wind of it, but I was like, wait a minute, is this like about the thing that I just recently discovered? <laughs> because, because as you talk about in your book, you know, I'm, I'm in chapter three, I've been devouring it these last couple of days. But as you talk about in the book, I started to think, I'm like, I wonder if this is what a lot of other really successful people do. I wonder if they actually have an alter ego that yeah. they can like call upon when they're dealing with their own self-doubt and fear and insecurity, and they can just be like, dude, I'm just going to be my alter ego right now because yeah. that guy's not afraid of anything, Yeah, right? And then I yeah. read your book and I'm like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> yeah. like, this, this is the thing. Now I, like, I, you know, I just discovered this and now this brilliant Todd Herman, who I, you know, I've yeah. known your brilliance for a long time, 
right? You put it into a book and now I can actually unpack it and understand it and implement it and develop it. So that's why I'm freaking pumped up, dude. <laughs> well, that really excites me. And so, uh, yeah, well, I can't wait to unpack it for everybody else that's here too. Let's start with the unpacking. Okay. Why did you write this book? Why, why is this alter ego concept? Why is it so important? Well, I mean, what you just said is a, is, is one of the great reasons, right? Like, so I think one of my great issues with kind of the personal development space and, and leadership space for a long time is a lot of the books and a lot of the books are written by people who have researched a topic, but they haven't been on the field working with people one-on-one, like nose to nose, toes to nose, where like the results that you get for people are how you make your living. And I've coached people one-on-one for over 16,000 hours now. Um, it's about 16,130 hours to be exact since 1997. And I started off working with young amateur athletes because that's what I was you know, qualified to work with or who I was qualified to work with and worked my way up and started working with pro and Olympic athletes after a few years and on into working with executives and leaders and entrepreneurs and so kind of the gamut. And when working with people one-on-one, what you get is actually the unfiltered honesty of how the kind of the best of the best are truly thinking and operating differently. And one of the things that showed up after working with better quality or uh, higher performing people was that they kept on referencing a persona, a character. I'd step into someone or something else. They would say these words. And in my head, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Because when I played football and I ended up playing college football, I was nationally ranked badminton player. I would use an alter ego. I would step onto the field and, and use that to kind of be very intentional about who and what and the attitude I was bringing out to that, that field so that all of my capabilities could show up. So that, you know, just like you had had that mirror moment. So I didn't kind of fall prey to what I call in the book, what the enemy likes to use to trap us. The things that, you know, some of the things that he yields or wields is imposter syndrome, something that he throws at us to make us question who we are and, you know, why us type of thing. And so over time, I was like, I'm dyslexic as well, everybody. So I had a classic great excuse as to why I didn't write this 15 years ago or 16 years ago when I started working with people on it. But then finally, after enough good friends that you and I both know, kind of beating me over the head with, you need to get this idea out there to share with other people. That was, I just wanted to share this with everyone because a lot of times what we hear, what it takes to be successful, whatever that means to someone and what people are actually doing to be successful run very counterintuitive to what's been shared for a long time. And an alter ego is one of those great tools that people use. And the reason that some people have maybe dismissed it in the past is because they think it's about being fake or inauthentic, mm. right? And yet it's not. It's about the most authentic thing you can actually be. Because just like you perfectly illustrated is that this, this alter ego is about getting the best version of Hal out there unfiltered and beating the resistance so that everything you've got shows up on the field. Cause that's how we truly beat ourselves up. It's not like, you know, it's, it's when we put our head down on our pillow at night and we say, Oh, I wish I would have said that, or I wish I would have done that. Or, you know what, today I said I was going to do all these things, but then I didn't. And that's because you were worried about the fear of others and, or the judgment of others or the criticism of others. And, and now all that's doing is creating a, what I call in the book that a trapped self, right? Where you feel trapped, like the real you isn't showing up on the field. So, you know, that's, there's a couple of reasons why, why I really wanted to get this out to people. Well, and that makes sense that 
are, I love what you said. And actually, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you is, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm so big on authenticity and mm-hmm. I wanted to hear your take on, yeah. you got ahead of me on that. I want, but I, I think that you're right is that it's our fears and our insecurities and our self doubt that gets in the way of our true self, right? Yeah. You know, and those stand in the way. And so it's, yeah, there's, Nothing more authentic than tapping into this alter ego. So, what's important to know about an alter ego? Like, you know, like what what is this? Why? I mean, I think everybody yeah. listening has an idea, but what is it? Why should we care? Well, one, I think what's important to know is many, many successful people that people know and love have used elements of an alter ego to help get their kind of best selves out there. And we'll, I'll, I talk about a lot of those people in the book, and I'll come back to that in just a second. Another thing that people need to remember is this is actually one of the most natural things. This is, this is truly how we're built. When you think back to when we're young, young kids, the great thing about this is when people hear about the concept, they're like, Oh, you know what? I think I I've done that. Or there might be some, might, some people might have some sort of resistance because of the whole authenticity thing. And that's because the whole term fake it till you make it has kind of propagated too much. And that's when you think of faking it till you making it, that's a whole outside in approach, or you're doing it because you want to impress other people. Well, that's deception, right? And that's this, this, an alter ego, a true alter ego has nothing to do with deception. It's an inside out approach. It's you being very intentional about who and what is going to show up on that important field for you so that you can do the, the hard things that you're attempting to do. And so it's important to know that this is very natural. And, you know, we go back to being kids and we've all pretended at some point in time to either be Superman or Wonder Woman or pretended pretended to be a fireman or a nurse or a teacher. That's all our creative imagination, just playing with new ideas so that we can see how they feel on us or just pretend. And, and that's very natural. And then what happens is over a course of time happens to all of us, society or, you know, people around us start to shape us and tell us, oh, you act your age or, you know, grow up. And, and we start to think that that idea of pretending is somehow wrong and we need to grow up. And so what we do is we start to move away from this creative core self that's just sitting there pulsing away with nothing but possibility. And we start to kind of let the world around us shape who and what we are and let it define us. And so, you know, this is kind of bringing it back to people and just reminding them, this is this book. I mean, I didn't invent alter egos. Cicero mentioned alter egos for the first time in recorded history back in 44 BC when he named the alter ego as the other I or your trusted friend. And I think what you just said about the mirror experience, that's exactly what that was for you. It's that your, that's your trusted friend saying, you know what? I got this buddy. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's actually, I wrote, I'm going to see if I can find it, but I, I wrote, you know, I, I, whenever I have these breakthroughs like this, I always pull out my kind of journal slash affirmations. And I, I wrote, I wrote to myself about that. And that's kind of what I, I said is like, I don't need to fear anymore. I don't need to be insecure or concerned because this alter ego is me and he's got my back and I can count and he's never let me down. Right. And that's the thing is as it was, it was like, there really wasn't any separation, right? There was an element of separation in that I was realizing that I can kind of separate the insecure version of me from this ultra confident can accomplish anything version of me. Right. I realized I can kind of separate them. And then I can call on one, you know, so it's kind of hard, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's inside out. There's, there's both elements there. You talked in chapter three, I think it was, you start to talk about this idea of the trapped self 
Yeah. And I remember as I was reading it, I loved the way you put it. Um, can you explain to people what that means for most people? Well, yeah. So, I mean, I, we were kind of just talking about it when, you know, just naturally as we grow up, we start to take signals from the world around us around, you know, how we're supposed to act. And oftentimes too, we start to feel like we can be trapped because of, you know, the family that we're born into. And none of my family members were all entrepreneurs. So why would I be an entrepreneur? Why would I be an entrepreneur? We start to create these narratives about who and what we are, which aren't true, but they feel true to us. And it creates this sensation and feeling in people of being trapped, or we end up acting not out of the way that we would most want to. And so then when we reflect back on that moment, we, you know, beat ourselves up and, and all of that judgment or worry about what other people are thinking about us continues to trap us. And what's, tr- what's, what's really being trapped in the kind of way that other people have said it to me is that I know that what I'm getting as a result in this world, the way that I'm showing up isn't the real me and nothing can be more frustrating to someone mm-hmm. than that. But at the same time, there is another narrative that goes on with people and so I say, like, when we're, when we're living in a, when we feel like our trapped self is the one that's kind of being, is, is showing up in the world, is we, we end up feeling like we're living in a very ordinary world. It's grays and whites and grayscale, and it, it's not colorful. And on the other side, there is this heroic self that can show up where it's not to say that there's any less challenge in that world, which I call the extraordinary world in the book, but you end up feeling like, I did it. Like I went after the dragons today and I slayed them or in that moment where I needed to ask for the sale or in that moment when my kids were screaming their head off and I tapped into that heroic version of myself and I, you know, I knelt down when I could have easily flown off the handle as well. And again, I'm a parent to three young little ones. So <laughs> I know what that is like, but what I do is when I come home, I've got a little got a little wristband that I put on that might oldest daughter made me years ago and I put it on and that's my reminder as to who is supposed to be showing up on this field because they don't need the confident, decisive and articulate version of who I am in business showing up there. They need the fun and playful and wants to get on the ground and play with them dad to show up there. And yeah. and so in that moment and and I and I embody the idea of, you know, one of the elements of that alter ego, that version of me is Mr. Rogers. And so, uh, you it. know, and in that moment when I'm, you know, can easily fly off the handle with them, even if I don't do it all the time, if I do it more often than not, which is better than not doing it, if I stop for a moment and I just catch myself, Mr. Rogers would easily get on the ground on his one knee and he would embrace his son or daughter if they were flying off the handle. And yeah. so that's the heroic for you did it. Like you you overcame the challenges and the difficulties and the ways that the enemy wants to pull you into the ordinary world and, you know, keep you safe kind of thing, which is ironic, but you know, you showed up as a heroic version of yourself. So here's what I'd love to, well, let's basically let's give the listeners and and me too, but a crash course in developing or identifying your first alter ego. Because one thing that right now I'm not totally clear on, and I'm not sure, you know, if our listeners are, is, is the alter ego something that, you design from scratch, like, all right, my alter ego has these qualities, or is it, hey, my alter ego is going to be Mr. Rogers or Dwayne the Rock Johnson or, yeah. right, you know, Meryl Streep, right? Like, yeah. is it that? Or 
Is it um, the, I guess, kind of a, a hybrid of the two almost where it's like, I'm, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the third possibility I was thinking of is, or is it looking within you for the qualities that you, like for me with my first mirror alter ego experience, right? I was like, yeah. I was looking at all the qualities I've proven to have, even though I don't fully believe them about myself sometimes, right? Sure. But I'm like, dude, I've yeah. proven that I can do this, 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 this. Like I've done all those things. So I tapped into my own internal alter yeah. ego. So is it going to be all of those, right? Yeah, so that's where I want to <laughs> kind of unpack this and give this crash course on building your first alter ego. Hal, it's like you've you've either read the book or you're about to be my yeah. my licensed certified partner because it's all of those and then some, yeah. And um, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, writing the book was was a challenge because again, folks, I've owned a coaching and training company for 21 years, and while I definitely have a lot of like group trainings and I got programs around the world that are licensed out there, fundamentally, a lot of the one-on-one work is obviously kind of a feel process. And this was always very much a feel process. It's almost like the center of town. There's many streets and avenues and ways to get there. And so when I was writing the book, even though it's got a process and a system, there's elements that make up building an alter ego. Do you have to use all of them? No. I want to take that off the table right away. Do you have to use all of them? No. The more that you use, of course, the more powerful it becomes. But I've had many, many clients that you just tap into a couple of the elements and that's all they need to get past whatever the resistance is that they've got. And so the challenge for me was, wait a second, a book is, I turn the pages, right? But this isn't sequential. So it wasn't until chapter four and everybody, when you, when you read it or listen to it on Audible, if you do, as I say, listen, gang, this is a choose your own adventure. If you're interested in going and learning about totems and artifacts at the end, which teach you how to activate it, go and read that because that's going to open up a loop and send you back to chapter seven. But getting back to your point, you can use it anyone, any which way. If there are people on here that absolutely deeply resonate with a character or a fictional character, someone on the movie, someone in television that they've always been connected to. Maybe it's their origin story. Maybe it's because I'm Jewish and they're Jewish or, you know, whatever it might be. And that's the, that's the character that that's their alter ego right off the bat. So they get it based on that type of influence. And then there's other people who, um, they kind of know the qualities and the characteristics that they want to be showing up on the field, you know, that, or the superpowers that they'd love to have. And then what happens is then they start looking for and hunting for the other people or things that would embody that, right? Like I've got, you know, in the book, I talk about one of uh, my clients that her alter ego is a buck. Now she comes from Germany and she deeply loves nature. And when you think about like a wild buck, it's, it literally fights off and defends itself against bears and does it consistently. That's one of the things that's never played out on the National Geographic channel is that bucks actually do beat grizzly bears sometimes. And she just, her, her biggest issue was that she was, she's such a kind soul that in business, she would let people walk all over her. Mm. And she would also agree, like she runs an agency and she would allow people to just keep on adding more and more and more stuff to the project and she would never charge for it. So she was kind of, she always felt like she was always being taken advantage of. Yeah. And so when she heard about this concept, immediately she went to a buck because that's, you know, growing up in, where she did in, in Germany. That was the thing that she always loved. And she immediately resonated with it because it stands its ground. It's tough, but it's still graceful. It's not mean because she didn't, 
she thought that, and many people do, they make the mistake of thinking, well, everything has to be a grizzly bear or a lion or, you know, the incredible Hulk or something. No, no, no. There's, there's other parts of, you know, your characteristics that can show up and that another thing can embody for you. So that's one way that you can build it. So, well, let's start off with though. The one thing I always go to first is, and you kind of already articulated it is what is the one field of play? Cause we all have different stages of our life that we go and we, we live on, right? Like I've got, you know, there's business version. There's, you know, when I go and play sports, when I go and hang out with my family or when I'm with my friends, those are all different elements of my personality that show up. But we've got one of those stages right now that we are on or feel to play that's really important for us or that we're most frustrated with. So you either go with what's the most important area that you really want to perform better in or which area is the most frustrating to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going to start because context matters first. We sure. don't build an alter ego for all of our life. We don't do that. We build it for a specific purpose and stage that we're on. Okay. Okay. Um, and so just an example, I was working with a client, um, really uh, wealthy finance guy in uh, Houston, Texas. I talk about him in the book and he loved the idea. He's like such kind of like a hard charging. He's like, I love that. And he wanted to build out one for his uh, business. And I was like, you're already successful here though. And your staff and your team will go to battle for you. Um, and every time we've talked, you keep on bringing up, you know, the issues that you have at home. And so why don't we think about doing something there? And, you know, and he was a, a pretty tough Bronx kid that had migrated out there and, you know, a great Italian accent. And, uh, you know, after a little bit of cajoling, he agreed. And then when I went out there three months later, so we worked on it. And when I went out there three months later, his staff, I was sitting down with his staff and if they were ready to go to battle for him before they were going to go to battle for him definitely now. And it's because they saw this huge transformation, how much happier he was at work, even easier to work with. But it was just this huge transformation at home. And his inspiration came from his best friend's dad growing up, who was always roughhousing with them in the backyard, always through the biggest barbecue parties in the neighborhood. Everyone loved to be around him. And he had all those elements inside of him already. They just were not showing up. And so he started activating those more and it just kept on. It's like this domino effect that happens. It started permeating out into other areas of his life. So for all of you, what's that stage that's most important? And let's just let just for ease purposes, let's just, let's say business is the one that we're going to talk about. Okay. Okay. And now do you need to build out an alter ego that lives with you every single moment of your business life? Maybe some people do, maybe not. Right. Cause there's, if it's the, if not, maybe there's just elements of, the way that you're working right now that are frustrating you. Like, you know, you, you just feel terrible about asking people for the sale. Well, that doesn't serve you if you're someone who's in business or you're working for yourself or whatever, because asking for a sale and getting someone to move forward with you, that's valuable because think about it. They have a problem that you're completely equipped to help solve and you're not allowing them to. That's a problem. So there has to be some story that's going on and it could be like, oh, I hate sales or I hate salespeople or, you know, salespeople are blah. Okay. Well, that's your definition. That's not true. And so what if the alter ego version of yourself didn't believe that? How would they be operating? Okay. So anyway, there's going to be parts of your world right now that are frustrating you. Well, what part of you isn't showing up or what characteristics do you wish 
could be that you you embodied or traits that you embodied in that field or on that field at that time. I'll tell you, like for me, starting out in business, I was 21. I had the face of a 12-year-old. I looked like I was 12. And I was very insecure about who's going to listen to me about mental toughness and mental game stuff you know, when I look so young on stage, you know, cause in my head, you had to be at least 40 years of age before anyone starts to listen to you. But that wasn't true because I was already helping people and getting them really good results. I was really good at empathizing with people. And I was really good because I was a practitioner. I, I played sports at a pretty high level and I loved it too. I, I love, I love athletics and I love kids who played it. I mean, that's kind of the biggest battle in business is do you love what you do? And I did. And I was always trying to improve, but it was stopping me. I wasn't making the calls. I wasn't trying to get myself out there. And that's where my alter ego in business started was I remembered back to, you know, I played football and I used an alter ego and it helped me get into the zone and the flow state and perform to my, you know, best, not every single game, but way more than the average. And I also remember back to, well, when I was growing up, everyone around me that was really smart seemed to have glasses. And so I had this belief that people who wear glasses are smart. So I thought to myself, well, what if we I are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely are. Definitely are. And so I went out and I was like, why don't I go buy, buy a pair of glasses? And again, this is 1997, long before wearing glasses was a fashion thing now. Yeah, sure. And uh, like it is now. And so I went out to Lens Crafters in West Edmonton Mall, where I lived at the time. I live here in New York City now. And I bought a pair of non-prescription glasses. And even the optometrist was like, wait, you got 2015 vision and you want glasses? And I was like, yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he thought I was absolutely... Stop judging and handing the glasses. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and, but for me, it was, uh, like you had said before, that was my reverse Superman. Superman put, off, put on the glasses to be Clark Kent. I put on the glasses to be a super version of myself in business. And yeah. what I did was when I put on those glasses, that was like the decisive, the articulate and the confident version of myself, which were all the three things that I lacked at the time. But mm. I wanted those qualities to show up to help, you know, the people that I wanted to go and help. So, you know, thinking about your field of play, that stage that, you know, in business, what are the things that might be stopping it? Or what characteristics do you want to embody and show more of? Like you, it's like, no, I want to, I want to own the fact that I'm a badass. Yeah. So that's how you're going to show up. Okay. So then is there anyone or anything like in your mind that embodies that? Is there anyone that you get inspired or anything that inspires you? Yeah. Well, and yes. And let me say this. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm gathering to me though. So it sounds like, and I can remember from my own life at the fastest way to develop an effective alter ego that can serve you. So if you're listening to this, this is, here's my take and you you can tell me if I'm wrong. But to me, it seems like the fastest way to develop an alter ego is to simply um, ask, yeah, who do I know or know of? Maybe you know them from watching them on TV, right? But who do I know that embodies the, the qualities, the confidence that I want to embody? And yeah. I remember, you know, there, that, that, remember that wristband, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Right? Which is kind of, that's kind of an alter ego access yeah. point, right? It's like, yeah. well, oh, what would, what would Jesus do in this moment? And then boom, you access that alter ego. For me, I had, I had a mentor when I was 20 named Jesse. And I used to joke, WWJD, what would Jesse do, right? Yeah. But, but I would literally, you know, Jesse was so uber confident. He was, a, you know, he, was, he always said the right things. And so whenever I was in situations from wanting to ask a girl out to being in a sales situation, which Jesse was my mentor, you know, my sales manager, I would say, what would Jesse say in this situation? What would he do? 
How would he feel? How would he, you know, and I would literally be able to very like instantly access, well, dude, he would, I've been with him before. He, you know, he would smile, he would look over, he would say this, right? And I would just do what he would do. And then I would get the result that he got and then it would become part of me, right? Yeah. You know, right. So to me, like that, that seems, sounds like the fastest way to develop an alter ego is just grab somebody whose qualities that you have, adopt those personality traits into your own, mm-hmm. implement them. And then all of a sudden you see results and it, you know, and it becomes part of you. So is that, yeah, yeah I say? absolutely. That's one of the ways. And, and when you think about how you just unpacked it too, some people might say, oh, but if I'm using someone else's qualities or traits, isn't that me being fake? Mm. And, and again, going back to when you think about how you've been developed already, if the real you, the, the, cause again, someone might be frustrated with their current performance. If the real you isn't showing up, whatever that might, whoever that might be to you, then that means you're acting to and through certain parts of your personality that aren't you anyway. Right, like we're all shaped by many things: our environment, the people around us, the information that we we got fed when we were young and even old now. And the, all those things are very subversive. They end up seeping their way into how we act. And I mean, you know this better than anybody. Our habits and our routines start showing up that might not be serving us as well. And so, acting through this is just us being very intentional. That's what I want people to remember: is this is about you deciding who and what is going to show up out there on that field that truly does represent how you feel about yourself or who you think you are, what you think you're capable of. And again, to those people who struggle with even a self-image or a self-esteem with, you know, having a tough time even believing that they can do something, you know what, that's what makes this even more powerful for those people. Because what it does is it circumvents this belief system and it finds a back door to allow you to step into a different version of yourself. Because anyone who's ever had to work with people on change knows that if you, um, the worst thing that you could do is meet force with force. Yes. What I mean by that is, you know, when you, it's like affirmations. Affirmations, unless you're actually already confident with the area that you're trying to affirm, are actually proven to make a lot of people feel worse about themselves. Okay. And so, you know, when you're trying to change yourself and you're going to like just beat it with your iron will, well, that's one way you can go at it and best of luck with that. (laughs) Or you can suspend your disbelief about what you can or cannot do and embody an alter ego that can go and do that. Like for me, my alter ego in business, when I started up, never even, it was very deliberate. Wouldn't even have the thought that he was too young. Wouldn't even have the thought. Todd did, but my alter ego richard which was actually which is actually my first name yeah you know was like no but that's an odd thing to think i wouldn't think that at all because i'm driven by my mission of helping young athletes achieve their goals through smart mental game strategies you know and allow all of their capabilities to show up because nothing's more frustrating to any athlete than knowing that you could have played better if you would have just blah well the same thing we all do it executives leaders entrepreneurs do it too yeah. So, um, so to your point about you just you mentioned about how you know me embodying the qualities of my mentor, right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody listen to go. Well, that sounds inauthentic. You're you're you yeah. right. Well, to your your expertise of working with high level athletes, I, I I think a good analogy, right? Is it's it's no that's no more inauthentic than seeing another player and going, oh wow, when he shoots his jumper, he rolls his hand at the end, right, or he spreads his fingers. I'm going to try that technique. 
Yeah. Right. And then you go, yeah. oh, wow, the balls, it, it, it glides a lot better when you do that. You're not yeah. being inauthentic because you figured a trait, whether it's a physical trait, a personality trait, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, whatever. And you're modeling, you know, that, and that's all it is. You're modeling it. And then once you do it a few times, you're like, oh, now it, it, I, I can own it. I can make it my own, you know? 100%. Yeah. That's so, a great example. Yeah. yeah. And I'm also understanding, am I understanding correctly that, you know, it sounds like you recommend, you know, so someone can and you recommend having multiple alter egos kind of for various purposes, right? Like the alter ego for, your kid, like Mr. Rogers, right? Yeah. May not be the alter ego that you want to bring into the boardroom. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. And identify different traits, different people that you want to embody in different parts of your life. Yeah. And I mean, the Mr. Rogers one is, uh, is a good example right now because his, uh, his documentary, documentary you, know, yeah. Yeah. you know, Won't You Be My Neighbor came out last year. And if you notice that documentary, about a third of that documentary is dedicated to them and they name it, it is, is about, is dedicated uh, to discussing his alter ego. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I haven't seen it yet. Wow. Yeah. So the hand puppet, the cat that he used on the show, his wife has this great interview during the movie where she says, uh, that was his alter ego. And oh, really, wow. that, that version of himself, that alter ego was the most true version of Mr. Rogers because it allowed him to talk in a way that he truly felt. And yet, you know, if he would have said it himself, maybe he would have been seen as too soft or something like that. But that hand puppet truly was who he was. And yeah, I mean, once it's so funny because I've had friends, you know, that, that know me well and know this concept well. And uh, it's, it's almost like you can't unsee it now. The people who will hear this interview, you're going to hear this referenced over and over and over again by many people in different ways. And, you know, even Oprah Winfrey. You know, she, she talks about, you know, how when she would show up, um, for her show or on a stage, she would, she would show up standing in front of a tribe of many walking behind her. And so, and that, and that was the power that she was uh, using, you know, to kind of infuse herself with the confidence to go out there and lead. And then, um, I don't, I don't share this with, uh, with many people because it's kind of like the Easter egg inside the book, or maybe I shouldn't either, but the glasses that are on the front cover, because, um, there's the cover of the book and there's a pair of glasses. And, you know, oftentimes, especially friends thought that it was me kind of, you know, kind of paying homage to, you know, my alter ego and the fact that I use glasses that are non-prescription, but but that wasn't really it. And then people think about Clark Kent and Superman immediately because that's an easy reference, but, but that wasn't it either. But those glasses are actually the replica of a pair of glasses that were worn by and one of the most important leaders of the 20th century in America who wore those glasses, who wore a pair of glasses just like me that were non-prescription as a way to step into and honor the important movement that he had created because he didn't want to get in its own way. And he thought of his glasses as a shield to himself to make sure that he stepped into that power and continued to march forward. And that was Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King did not have prescription glasses. He had perfect vision as well. And he, when he put them on, he was stepping into his distinguished self so that he could do the hard things. So, I mean, there's so many science throughout history of people using this. It's the most natural thing that people could do because it truly does tap into the thing that makes a human being unique, which is our creative imagination. You know, our ability to suspend disbelief about who we are, what we are, our ability to really create a heaven from hell or a hell from heaven. We're really unique that way. 
you know, that's what makes us very unique on the planet. You know, our ability to love is an, obviously a phenomenal quality that we, we, we want to honor, but we're not the only animal that does that. But our ability to truly tap into our creative imagination so that we can do the things that we most want to do or experiment with different parts of ourselves is, is, is truly unique to us. And the unaltered ego helps to untap that. I love this. So I, th- I think this is like a, I don't want to use the word shortcut because yeah. that sounds like it's discounting it, but it's a shortcut to. Well, no, it, it, it is. It, yeah. it, I mean, it, and because think about just from my career. So, you know, there's definitely, there's strategies that we use as a, as a long-term strategy to really develop uh, someone's inner toughness. And, and that's meditation. Is a, I mean, I was, I was teaching meditation in 97 before yoga was even cool back then. <laughs> and, and so that's a long, we're all, we're, we are definitely gonna be working on those things, but I would often get called on a Wednesday for someone who's going into competition on a Friday or a Saturday. And so I don't have time there to help someone who's stepping into the U S open and they're in a slump right now. And yeah. so I had to have some strategies and both a uh, a short-term and a long-term one that could really transcend someone's existing performance was helping someone build out an alter ego. That's how you can immediately tap into your full potential. So it is, yeah, yeah it is a shortcut. You're right. That's, that's a perfect, yeah. perfect way yeah. to put it. Well, Todd, what is, uh, I'm so pumped to, you know, keep reading this book. I just, uh, I guess it was this morning I started it, got the third, third chapter and I'm just like, I just can't read it fast enough. I'm, I'm just devouring it. What is the best place for people to, uh, to find it? Well, they can go to alteregoeffect.com, um, where they can get all the kind of links to uh, where we have it across the, uh, the world with hardcover, the audible version, the Kindle version, all that kind of good stuff. See some other videos that we have there for people and or toddherman.me. We also have a, a Facebook group that we've put together to help, uh, you know, called Be the Hero, which is all about stepping into that heroic self as well. So yeah, alteregoeffect.com, you'll find it. Alteregoeffect.com, uh, goal achievers. Check that out. Can't hear what you... Let me know what you think about it, uh, about the book. And uh, the book comes out February 5th, 2019. Is that the pub date? Nailed it. Beautiful, man. Well, I'm excited. Thank you for sending me an advanced copy, man. I really, <laughs> really appreciate for that. Yeah. And uh, Todd, it's, it's been a pleasure. This is really... Like I said, I was super excited to have you on and, uh, and you delivered, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the content uh, and the conversation. As expected, this is one of my favorite interviews. You're a champ, buddy. Appreciate Woo! it. All right. Winner, winner. <laughs> Chicken dinner. Uh, <laughs> all right. Goal achievers. Thank you for tuning in. Go check it out. Alteregoeffect.com. Check out the book. I think you're going to love it. Like I said, I'm three chapters in and I love it. And, and, and just, just the, you know, I like, I'm so excited to get to the, you know, the, like the meat, it gets meteor and meteor. Yeah. So I'm pumped. Uh, goal achievers. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.